Hello and welcome back to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets. I am your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over Wednesday, five-game slate. We got a lot of six, six-and-a-halves, and then one five-and-a-half over under to get to five games, huge GPP slates over on DraftKings. So you're definitely going to want to get over there. I have a couple tickets in that Spinorama, that $360 entry, and I'm looking to take down 50 k So hopefully some of you will join me on the top of these leaderboards. Let's get right into it, though. Don't want to go into too much into the weeds we're still in the midst of opening night right now i'm not going to cover any of that though we're going to get right into this five game slate we have montreal at toronto the rangers at the capitals chicago blackhawks at colorado avalanche vancouver canucks at the edmonton oilers winnipeg jets at the anaheim ducks so five games a ton of news and notes and i don't want to take up too much of your time on your morning commute so let's get right into it we're going to start with montreal at toronto uh, the Montreal Canadiens just re-signed Nick Suzuki to a massive contract, and they will be doling him out on the first line to start the season. If we look at preseason, he was also on the first power play with DeFoley and Caulfield. So I, I'm really excited to see what he can do this year against a Toronto Maple Leafs team that is not going to look quite the same as they should be a few games down the line. They are definitely going to be missing Austin Matthews, their superstar sniping center. And we're really not sure on Mitch Marner. It sounds like I believe he'll be good to go based off all of the reports coming out of practice. He did get injured in practice and was taken off of the first power play. So if you look at the power play they ran, it's hard to know exactly what they're going to do there. If he is out, I'm not really sure what to expect other than a lot of people jamming in Tavares and Nylander, which I think still could be pretty savvy. Um, But looking at this game as a whole, I still like the over at six, just fine. I, you know, I think that Toronto will still try to push the pace. And if they're missing some of their top guys, that might open up a couple, you know, a couple more doors for the Montreal Canadiens, who again have a top line of Tyler DeFoley, Nick Suzuki, and Cole Caulfield, which is pretty good in, in their own um, in their own right. Over for the um, Maple Leafs, we should have Tavares with Marner and Richie as long as Marner plays. That's what they practiced before Marner got hurt. Nylander was with Bunting and Kerfoot. A um, lot of power play correlation there that I think you could get a hold of. I'm No matter what the prop is for Tavares, I'm planning on jamming it myself. I think that anytime Austin Matthews is out, Tavares kind of look to to shoot the puck a bit more. So I'm really focused in on those top lines and seeing what we can't find. I also like Cole Caulfield. As long as there's about a two and a half, I think he could be able to put that up himself. Um, without any any issue. I also love Petrie. There's no more Shea Weber. He should see the majority of the power play run. I'm not sure if they're going to give to a guy like Dennis Weidman too much leash on the power play. And he was a guy that shot a ton last year. So sometimes you can find him at one and a half. That would be a huge, huge over for me. And then we can move forward. In that game in general, right now, the line is at plus 150 for the Canadians on the road, minus 185 for the Maple Leafs. I kind of like the Canadians here. You know, a lot of people are putting them down and they, they might have a matchup against at the very least a not uh, full health Toronto Maple Leafs team. So I kind of like taking the Canadians here. Um, it's a little bit risky, but I don't mind it. The second game we're going to cover is the New York Rangers at the Washington Capitals. The big news in this game is Wolovich can play. He got hurt in the last preseason game, came back for practice, left practice, came back to practice. I think all indications are that he should be good to go. If he is good to go, we should probably see him with Kuznetsov, which I think could be an interesting, a little bit contrarian stack. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate 
to McDavid at center with Matthews and McKinnon out. And a guy like Kuznetsov at 5,600 with Ovechkin, I don't mind that at all. He was on the top power play, I believe, but the top power play got really thrown out of whack in their last preseason game because of Ovechkin's injury. So I can't be certain on that. I think he'll be there though. And I don't know if a lot of people are going to have that themselves. Um, getting to this game, we have the Rangers at plus 110 and the Capitals at minus 130. I think it's a really a good coin flip match here. I don't mind just taking the home team minus 130 and just going home though and then saying that's fine. I, I think the Capitals are still a good team. The Rangers are young, and, you know, an inexperienced group playing together. And we see some lines that we're just not used to. Uh, Lafreniere was the Benigite and Kreider. Panarin was Strom and Kako. Those are their top two lines. A lot of youth there. Can they keep up with a veteran group in their first game of the season? You never know. I think it's definitely a coin flip. It's not something I'm probably going to take myself, but I definitely could see taking the home team that close when I think that they are the better team in this matchup. Um, it really get, it could come down to goaltending. Um, but yeah, on that Ranger side, like I mentioned already, you might be able to get some to score props that are pretty different. A guy like Kako did seemingly come into the league as a great rate shooter. We haven't seen it yet. He might be up there at like a plus 400. Should see good power play run. He definitely did see it in the preseason. He looked awesome in preseason. I do think there could be a bit of a renaissance on, on our hands for a guy like Kako, Capo Kako. So we'll see what happens there. Um, those are kind of what I'm looking at. As far as shot props are concerned, probably just jam Ovechkin if you're going to do something, as long as it's a relatively good line. Normally, to start the year, we find some softer lines. We still don't have them yet, of course, because they're just not getting them out for me in time. But Hey, what are you going to do? They do have some special props for this game over on DraftKings. Um, Rangers and Capitals to both score three plus goals plus 215. I really don't hate that. It's a six over under. I mean, both teams have to score three. I don't think that's completely out of the realm of possibility. Um, that, so some of these like funner props might be something to check out, see if you like them early. Our third game, Chicago at Colorado. I already mentioned Nathan McKinnon will not play in this game due to a COVID-related, I mean, he has COVID, I guess, so he's not going to play. That did bump up Nazem Kadri to that top line with Ranton and Landeskog and the top power play. Nazem Kadri has been a great rate shooter in the past. He seems to always have those random top-level uh, fantasy output games. I like him here. I think a lot of people are going to like him here, though. It might not be contrarian by the time we get to puck drop um, against a Chicago Blackhawks team that I think will give up a good bit defensively. They did last year. They made improvements, but are those improvements anything that are going to blow the doors off? You know, Jake McCabe is a good player. I have no problem with him. I watched him a lot in Buffalo. Is he going to push the needle? Seth Jones, a lot of people aren't quite that high. They're less high on him than I even I am. And, and I still don't think he's a great, great defender in his own right. So I'm thinking I still like Colorado here. I'm hoping the line continues to drop. Colorado at home, as of right now when I'm recording, minus 210. I could see that coming down um, and getting a little bit close to, closer to the mean. So I'm hoping to get it later on at, at a better rate. Um, I would take it myself. I still think they have a better team here. I One player isn't going to quite do it, even though it is an MVP caliber player in McKinnon for me. I still like Colorado. I think it's a bit contrarian. I do also like the over. I think that you know Chicago could keep pace in this game for a little while before we could maybe get Colorado on, um, on surge and take it over. Um, the lines are going to be a little bit different in, in Columbus. I mean, oh my God, Columbus, Chicago, Tyler Johnson was on the top line with Patrick Kane and um, Alex Debrinkit and on the first power play, which was a little bit surprising in practice. Uh, I kind of expected, yeah, you never, yeah. The thing is if you follow the Blackhawks, you know, they just seemingly never do what we expect them to do. So um, 
but I, I, do, I do think that there's some value there in Tyler Johnson on DraftKings. Let me find his price real quick. Flip it through like 20 pages. He's 4,700. Um, and like I mentioned, a lot of people are going to be jamming McDavid. I think that he's going to maybe go under the radar as, you know, a guy that I think has a lot of upside. I think I would only play him with Kane um, or to bring it or both in, in this scenario. It's a five game slate. I think a three man stack makes a lot of sense. Probably not going to get too crazy, but as far as like top line centers, he might be the cheapest on the entire slate. So I definitely could see myself finding room for him, especially if I'm making multiple lineups. Um, and I want to get it away from, I think, a bit chalkier of a Nazem Kadri. I love any shot props you get with Kadri. I think Dabrinkit could be there as well. Um, the Vancouver Canucks at the Edmonton Oilers. This one, I mean, I'm going with Edmonton. I really like Edmonton out of the gate. It's only minus 180 at home for the, the Oilers. I like that a lot. The over-under at six and a half, as me and Matt talk about a lot in the Morning Skate podcast, Anytime Vancouver is playing, we're pretty high on the overs. Six and a half is a bit to uh, stomach, but I don't mind it at all. I think both of these teams are really, really strong offensively and should definitely give up some uh, expected goals in net. So I don't mind jamming that at all, but I'd probably just rather just take the Oilers. It's a bit safer. They're at home. They're the better team. Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid still. Um, he should be with Jesse Pogliarvi and Hyman. So that would be kind of a you know, not contrarian stack to take in DraftKings, but I do think it'll be popular and I do think it's worth trying. Um, Leon Dreisaitl uh, with Nugent Hopkins, I think is a bit more contrarian. Dreisaitl is 7,700. It's really expensive to pay, but I do think you're going to get away from a lot of people that are playing McDavid. As far as the Vancouver Canucks, the lines are not really what I expected. Horvat with Connor Garland and Tanner Pearson, JT Miller with Elias Pedersen and Alex Chase on that was not what I expected them to have. We'll see if maybe they end up getting away from it, but I kind of think that's what they're going to do. I mean, it kind of looks like what they did in their last preseason game um, in some respect, although Garland did kind of bump up with Pedersen from time to time. That top power play they had was Chase on Horvat, Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, and Elias Pedersen. I do think Pedersen will maybe get overlooked, um, and he's just downright shouldn't get overlooked. I think he's still a top-level player. At 6,500, I don't mind it. Horvat, again, he's a pretty decent rate shooter. Don't mind it. Um, I think Pedersen is more of your like boomer bust candidate. He could go for a zero. He could go for three points. So yeah, I'll definitely be more of a GPP play rather than someone I'm going to be targeting in cash games. Um, I think Hyman could get overlooked at 5,900. I think if you're playing McDavid, it makes a ton of sense. Should be on the top power play as well. And as far as props in general, we don't have them yet, of course, but I do think I'm going to be finding some sort of McDavid multi-point night type of situation and just playing it and having fun. I don't think I'm going to get too cute here. I'd rather just take the Oilers and stay away from trying to guess who's going to be the shooter on, on Edmonton. And I, I just don't know what Vancouver really is going to try to do on offense yet. It, it's yet to be seen. Um, a lot of new players, a lot of new faces. So I'm probably just going to stay away from most of the props in this game myself, but we're going to take a look at it and I'll definitely try to tweet some out. The final game of the night we're going to get to is the Winnipeg Jets at the Anaheim Ducks. A lot of people are probably going to be on Winnipeg. They seem like the best bet of the night. Minus 150 as of right now. I guess you can make the case that John Gibson can skunk him, but I don't see it. Mark Shafley is not going to play. He is suspended. So I think people might talk themselves into like just not touching it because of that. And I don't really see the need to stay away from it. Um, Connor with Wheeler and Stastny on the top line with the absence of Mark Shifley, Dubois, Ellers, and Cop as line two. Cole Perfetti makes the team out of the gate. He's a pretty 
up and coming rookie that I really like to keep an eye on with that third line. He's not on either power play though, which definitely hurts his upside. The top unit for Winnipeg, which I think is in a good spot still against a very young and not very good Anaheim Ducks team was Neil Pionk with Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Dubois and Adam Lowry, which I, you know, interesting, probably the net front guy there. So I do think if you're trying to maybe get a little bit contrarian with a guy like Adam Lowry, you could talk me into it. I might not get there myself because I don't know if it's necessary in a five game slate. There seems to be a quite a bit of uh, players out there to take, but I'm pretty sure Lowry is not quite minimum salary, 2,900 at center. So if you need that center to plug in there with a McDavid type of lineup, he's not the worst thing in the world. I don't know how many minutes he's going to get, but I can't imagine he gets less than you know 15 minutes without um, um, a Shifley in there. And if he tips one in on the power play, you could be golden. So a bit contrarian on the, as far as the ducks are concerned, we don't have lines specifically. They're a little bit more expensive than I thought they'd be. Um, Zegras should be with Raquel and Henrique. That's what I'm projecting based off the last preseason game. They did keep rookie McTavish up with the starting roster. He was on their first power play in their last preseason game. There was a report that I saw from one of the beat writers that beat it seemed like he might not even play at all, though. So I don't know what to expect there. Uh, I'm not going to get too crazy. I really think that the the one and only like strong play here from a team like Anaheim is probably Jamie Drysdale. I like him a lot. He's 3,300. He never really had quite the rate shooting last year, but he also you know didn't really have the support. So I'm excited to see what he can do. He seems like a really good offensive weapon that I'm excited to watch develop in the NHL. Uh, not touching the over under at five and a half doesn't seem worth it. I, I don't know why I've been a play, you know, can Winnipeg just tap one in an empty net goal or something I, when I could take him at minus 150. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I think that that's the better take there. And as far as player props, anything Kyle Connor without Shifley, I think is pretty strong. Stassi's not a great rate shooter himself, and Wheeler, we should all know, is definitely not. So I think Kyle Connor sets up real well here to have a great game. Um, and I'm probably not touching any of the Ducks personally, but I always like some Ricky Racks. I think that Rick, uh, Raquel could still have a good role there. Henrique, playmaker, Zegras, a bit of a playmaker, but he could develop into more of a shooter. So I think the safer bet is just take Kyle Connor, even though it's at three and a half. I think it's a fair bet. And with all of that being said, I'll get you guys on out of here. I think it's going to be a really fun slate. Join me in the Spinorama. Join me at the top of the leaderboards on DraftKings. Uh, get it on DK Sportsbook. Let's all take down a bunch of money and start the season right. Uh, rate, review, comment, do all that fun stuff. And tomorrow we'll have a different coast, actually. So I'm not going to spoil the surprise. But you guys have a great rest of your night. Enjoy the slate. And go Sabres. No, I'm just kidding. They're terrible. All right. Take care. Mm-hmm.